We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Nets fans. Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. At 112-102, lost for the Nets tonight on Black Friday, unfortunately, Nick Faye. Uh, what were your thoughts, early impressions? You know, Jack, it was uh, just, uh, you know, it looked like they ate too much on Thanksgiving. You know, lackadaisical effort, just not a lot of energy, you know, offense, they were able to kind of stay in it. But overall, you know, it was just a sloppy game, not a lot of extra effort defensively, you know, not the small details, similar to what we saw in Dallas. And then the turnover battle, they lost that 18-7. to One thing that really stuck out too, Minnesota had 15 steals. So just like a lot of lazy plays with the ball, bad passes, you know, some miscommunications, just carelessness with the basketball. Yeah. Also, guys, forgot to mention NetsRepublic.com, NetsRepublic.com, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Dash Radio, YouTube, find it all those places. Nick, um, did they just have too much turkey? What Were there any <laughs> positives to take? D'Lo, obviously, um, we had a bit of a chat about him off wax. You know, we are slightly worried about him. I remember talking about him on the last episode saying how if games where he's sort of averaging 15 and 5 and not doing the best shooting, if that's his worst games, then that's good. But then he puts up a, a single-digit performance shooting 2 of 10 from the field. Yeah, not to mention only five assists and four turnovers. He definitely just was not in the game. Like, the focus wasn't there. You know, Minnesota pretty much locked him up. He wasn't getting in the paint with ease. And it's just like he wasn't super aggressive. It's like they took him out of his game early, and he kind of just fell back. And defensively, he had a couple issues, too. He didn't do a great job preventing Minnesota guards from getting in the paint. We saw, you know, Spencer did when he do a better job when he came in. So not one of D'Angelo's best games, maybe one of his worst games of the season. What kept us in it, Nick? Because it seemed like, you know, despite the fact that it was a 10-point loss, you know, there were moments where the Nets could have easily taken the lead at times. You know, the bench came in and they put in some good effort. Right away, the starting lineup, I think, is an issue, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, that could use a change. But, you know, when uh, Kenny brought in RHJ, Spencer Dinwiddie, Damari Carroll, you know, you saw the energy change. You know, Dinwiddie, 18 points, Damari, 13, 12 for Shabazz. 
you know, and nine for Rondé. You saw some nice juice from the bench. They kind of got things going. And, you know, offensively, the Nets weren't terrible. There just wasn't a ton of great effort. You know, it's not like Minnesota played a great game. It's just the Nets played, you know, a worse game, and they just weren't on their A game. The focus, the engagement just wasn't there. Yeah, and I think that's what you need more than anything. I think uh, seeing Nets Daily post out, the fact that, you know, it was a a, 12, a midday game, you know, isn't any excuse. You know, when you're paid to play basketball for a living, you should be able to play it, you know, rain, hail, or shine, no matter where you are in the world, um, especially if you're pay, getting paid those big bucks. And the fact it was a loss at home was a little bit disappointing too. But talking about I that... I think it was event, Minnesota's first road win. And that's, I mean, that's disappointing because, you know, I put that when I did my preview for NetsRepublic.com, you know, I, I was gen, genuinely optimistic about our chances because, you know, when we look back to the game where Karis Levert got injured uh, against Minnesota, the Nets kept it, you know, around this sort of mark as well. And, you know, the emotional toll was the main thing that probably kept them out of it. So no excuses for tonight's game. So it was just a, a worse performance. But talking about those starters and those benches, players, Nick. I put out a piece for otdbasketball.com advocating for a lineup change. Joe Dudley will be taken out for a guy like RHA or Damari Carroll. Uh, what do you think? Do you agree? Or do you think that needs to happen sooner rather than later? Yeah, I think the starting lineup needs a change. You know, not just a power forward position. I think they probably need to sub out either Harris or Crab because it looks like they need to have a second ball handler in there. I honestly think it probably should be something like D'Angelo, Dinwiddie, Crab, you know, RHA and Allen or, you know, swap RHA for Carroll. You know, I think Harris will be able to handle coming off the bench a little bit more. And he'll kind of be able to attack a little bit more with his drives. You know, we're not going to see a ton from that from Crab, regardless. So I think there needs to be a change. And I think it might help to get Dimity in there and then stagger him in Delo's minutes and play them, you know, with Shabazz. I think two ball handlers on the floor will really help the Nets because the offense just gets so perimeter-oriented sometimes. And it just, it's easy to defend. You know, as long as the other team's putting in the effort, it's not like the Nets are getting to the rim and forcing the refs to make calls. Yeah, that's true. And I think... You see from like tonight's game where D'Angelo struggled and how he has worked so much better most of this season with another ball handler out there. But Shabazz Napier and Nick had a pretty nice game looking at the box score and some of his highlights. Yeah, knocked down threes. You know, Shabazz came and gave that spark, that energy. You know, he plays his game. He understands what he has to do. You know, he did have a couple turnovers, a couple careless turnovers, just like everybody on the team was kind of out of it. But not a bad game from Shabazz. I mean, I really like what I saw from Dinwiddie. Other than that pull-up three on Carl Anthony Towns when the game was within four, four minutes left. You know, Ian Towns had five fouls. I think, you know, Spencer should have drove there. But overall, he did a great job kind of getting things going and bringing energy to the team. Yeah, and that's what we sorely needed uh, on a day like today. Um, what were Minnesota doing well, Nick, that sort of prevented the Nets from getting out of their game? You know, the Timberwolves, it was a new rejigged lineup. We didn't face guys like Robert Covington and Dario Saric the first time around. Um, what sort of uh, Minnesota outfit did we face uh, and sort of was able to uh, not necessarily dominate, but, you know, dictate uh, the game a little bit more? I mean, Derek Rose balled out. You know, he really had no issue scoring on most of the Nets guards most of the game. You know, 25 points, 11, 11 of 17 from the field. You know, Carl Anthony Towns, when he wasn't in foul trouble, was having a great game too. He really dominated that third quarter. And that's where Minnesota really picked things up. And then obviously the Nets almost made the comeback in the fourth. But overall, you know, those two guys, it just, it wasn't very hard for Minnesota offensively. Like the Nets effort wasn't great. The energy wasn't great. They weren't making the second and third effort. You know, the rotation wasn't there. So I just feel like it's not like Minnesota, like I said, was playing a great game. They just did a good enough job to win. They're also active defensively. You know, like I said, 15 steals, you know, took advantage of the Nets' careless uh, turnovers and whatnot. 
Joe Harris played 34 minutes to lead the Nets uh, with Spencer Dibbing with 30, Nick. He's um he's now on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, it's uh, massive, massive news. But what did Joe Harris do well to earn those minutes? You know, Joe Harris started knocking down some three-point shots, which is always good to see. You know, he did have a couple turnovers too, two, two turnovers, but he had some nice passes in there as well. You know, drive to the rim. You know, we're gonna you know we're gonna get with Joe Harris almost every single night. You know, and tonight was no different. It's just nice to see him get his three ball kind of start back to cooking. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, when we sort of compared to Crab on the last game, you didn't have any wavering confidence with a guy like Joe Harris being able to get it back. I think his streak of made threes uh, in a game was ended the other night, but, you know, he's obviously hit four tonight. So four of ten from the field, you know, you just don't lose that confidence with a guy like Joe Harris because he has that sort of solid, steady mentality that, you know, a guy like Alan Crab could learn from, but um, Alan Crab's still finding his feet. What did he, he, 30 minutes for hits tonight, three of nine from the field, three of nine from three, Nick, four of ten from the field. Uh, any signs, good signs, bad signs from Alan Crab? Yeah, he didn't look bad. You know, he didn't look bad. He didn't look as good as he did against Dallas. But it looks like he's starting to find his confidence, his rhythm. He's kind of fitting better in the offense right now. So I think positive signs for Crab to come. I feel a lot more confident after the last two games than I did, you know, the first chunk of the season. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Kenneth Farid saw some time, Nick. Six minutes uh, on the night. So obviously there wasn't much junk time going on. Uh, what caused his uh, appearance into the night? Third quarter when, you know, Minnesota was really starting to, you know, get their things going and the Nets didn't have a ton of energy. Saw Kenneth Reed in there, and to be honest, he really didn't show anything that he should get more minutes. Defensively, wasn't great. Didn't really help much on, you know, when Rondé was on Towns and whatnot, rotating over. And offensively, if he's not really catching an OP, he's not doing much. But I think Kenny was just looking to get some spark. Would you have preferred uh, Rodion's heading out there? Yeah, I would have, but I believe Rodion's was with the G League and not at this game. I'm not 100% sure, though, on that. Okay, yeah, that makes that probably does make sense because you're know, looking at the box score and stuff. It does it doesn't say you know him as as a DNP coach decision or any of those sort of things. But uh, Nick, any last sort of thoughts about this one before we uh, log off? I feel like, you know, there was some positive things to take. You know, Jared Allen didn't have a great game either, got into foul trouble in this one like he did against Dallas. But there's positives. The Nets just need to kind of mesh everything together, and these guys need to kind of have good moments together instead of all in, you know, separate games. So moving forward, I think there's still pieces there to win games. They just need to really gel, and I think the starting lineup has to change. I, I, I would probably advocate for that as well, Nick. And if D'Lo continues, to, this is probably a, a last sort of hot takey question to end on that I'm sure the listeners will love. <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie is due for that contract extension very soon. We obviously have D'Angelo Russell due for his contract extension at the end of the season and restricted free agency. Uh, is it beginning more and more likely that Spencer is becoming uh, a more likely candidate to stick around with the Nets uh, beyond this season? It's still really tough to say. And like D'Angelo is doing this thing where he's like super hot, super cold, where he's having these real good all around games and having bad games. You know, you have a better idea what you're going to get with Spencer. So I'm, I guess it would probably be safer to say he'll be back with the Nets at the right price. Where there's still, I think, a little fear with D'Angelo where someone coming in here and offering him a big contract and the Nets not wanting to match. So I think it's a safer bet. I don't feel like either they're going to get extended during the season. I think the cap space is too valuable unless like Spencer really goes on a tear and they want to make sure he's locked up. But I think at this point, it just makes more sense to kind of wait it out and see what happens with, you know, the free agents in the summer. Completely fair. And, you know, probably uh, some wise words that Sean Marks, I'm sure, will heat himself. But guys, you know where to find us. EnergyBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Dash Radio, YouTube. Nick, I don't know how you do that off the top of your head. I'm running out of breath. You do that on the outlet as well. 
man, you're a ma- you're a master. But guys, as always, thank you, Nick. Thank you as always. Happy Black Friday. Get some good deals for Christmas, guys. All right, Jack. Always a pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.